0: What do you think will give you satisfaction? Is it to be loved? Is it to be appreciated? Is it to get revenge? Whatever it is that you think will satisfy you most deeply, that will become the consuming passion of your life. And Jesus tells us right here there is one desire and only one that will be completely satisfied
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith, and I think, Colin, all of us want to uh, feel satisfied to have that satisfaction, so what is that one thing?
0: Well, the words of Jesus, "'Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be satisfied.'" Hmm. Categoric statement of our Lord and Savior, and it's a marvelous truth. He's telling us what to go after. And we're looking today at how we go after it, what it feels like to pursue righteousness. It's this fascinating thing, Steve, that in a Christian's experience, there's both this longing to be more righteous, this Mm -hmm. sense I'm not yet where I want to be, and yet there's a satisfaction that comes in that very longing. And they're not in sequence, they're together. Yeah. There's, a, there's a joy that is found in going after the righteousness that is in Jesus Christ and pursuing that with a holy passion as we're going to talk about today.
1: Well, we're going to see that from the book of Matthew, chapter 5 and verse 6. So I hope you open your Bible and join us there as we continue the message, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Here's Pastor Colin.
0: What do we know as those who profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ about this hunger for righteousness? We want to be blessed. Oh, yes, we want to be blessed. To prosper, to have health, to have peace, to have security. We want to be blessed. But think about this. Jesus did not say we are righteous if we hunger and thirst to be blessed. He said, we are blessed if we hunger and thirst to be righteous. You see how easy it is to get the whole thing completely the wrong way around, even as Christian people? He did not say that we are righteous if we hunger and thirst to be blessed. He said, we are blessed if we hunger and thirst to be righteous, which raises the question that I've been pondering, and I ask you to ponder, is this what I'm hungering and thirsting after? Is this what I really want from God? Or has the agenda of my life sold out to something else that I think ultimately is going to be more satisfying for me? Let me turn the question another way and put it this way. Why did Jesus Christ die? Now, if someone asks you that question, why did Jesus Christ endure everything that he went through on the cross? There are obviously many answers that you could give that are faithful to the Bible. You could say that Jesus Christ died that we might be forgiven. You could say that Jesus Christ died so that we might have eternal life. But I want to suggest to you that if you look at the great statements of the purpose of the death of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, you will find that God places something else at the center. Let me give you three examples, three of the greatest statements about the atonement in all of the New Testament. They all contain clear statements of what Christ did that are immediately backed up by why he did it. Number one, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. Do you see the pattern here? What did Christ do? Christ died for all. Great statement. Why did he do that? Answer, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Why did he do it? so that there would be a transformed life that is no longer about the self, but gives evidence of the pursuit of righteousness. That's why He did what He did on the cross. Think of another one. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. What did Jesus do? He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree. Isn't that a marvelous thing? He bore your sins. But why did He do it? Here's why. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. It's the same thing, the pursuit of a holy life. Number three, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. What did God do for us in Jesus Christ? For our sake, here's what He did. God made Him who knew no sin to be sin. Christ Himself became sin for us. And why did He do that? Why this extraordinary atonement. Answer, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So you put these together, and I could list many more, but just these three for the sake of time. We have to come to this conclusion, though we can state the purpose of the passion of Jesus Christ in many ways. The New Testament again and again and again focuses our minds and our hearts on this. The purpose of the passion of Jesus Christ is that we should have a passion for righteousness. It's that important. Christ died to redeem a people who no longer live for themselves but are marked by a passion for holiness, which is why he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. Blessed, he said, are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? Because they are the ones who are going to be satisfied. So I have to ask this question, what then do I know about this mighty longing after God? this passion to live in a way that really pleases Him, to be done with sin? Is that longing more intense than it was a year ago? Is it growing or is it receding? Have I become casual and compromised in my Christian life? Because in the light of the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ is calling me to this. He died for it. So we've thought about a relentless pursuit. We've thought about a holy passion. Here's the third thing. We're trying to understand what Jesus Christ is calling us to here, And it's a strange paradox. Look at the verse again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now, you see the paradox that Jesus Christ here is talking about hungering and being satisfied at the same time. Now, how are we to understand this? When you feel hungry and you go out and you eat a meal, then you are satisfied, and by definition, when you're satisfied, you are no longer hungry. The food takes away the hunger. That's what we experience, at least for a time. Uh, And when you're satisfied, what satisfied means is that you are no longer hungry. But Jesus speaks here about a hunger and a thirst that exist at the same time as a satisfaction. They exist together. Let me quote a couple of authors who speak about this helpfully. A.W. Pink says this. Question can one who has been brought into vital union with him who is the bread of life be found still hungering and thirsting? And he answers, yes. This is the experience of the renewed heart. That's what Jesus is saying here. Dr. Lloyd-Jones puts it this way, the Christian is one who at one and the same time is both hungering and thirsting and yet is filled and the more he is filled, the more he hungers and thirsts. This is the blessedness of the Christian life, he says. It goes on. hunger and thirst. I experience more of Christ. And the more I experience of Christ, the more I hunger and thirst. And the more I hunger and thirst, the more I experience of Christ. And so it goes on. This is the dynamic of a growing Christian life throughout all your years until faith is turned to sight. Nobody has spoken, in my view, about this more compellingly than A.W. Tozer. If you've never read A.W. Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God, it is a must-read, I think, for every Christian. And right in the first chapter, he says this marvelous statement, to have found God and still to pursue him is the soul's paradox of love. To have found God and yet still to pursue him to know Him and yet still to hunger and thirst after Him. Godly men and women over centuries have rejoiced in the mystery of this hunger that is satisfied and this satisfaction that produces hunger. When I was uh, a boy growing up in Scotland, we used to sing a hymn that was written in the 12th century. That's a long time ago. That's an oldie. Written by Bernard of Clairvaux. And I don't know that any words have been written in poetry that capture this mystery more beautifully than Bernard's words from the 12th century. Some of you may know them. Think of this around the communion table. We taste thee, O thou living bread, and long to feast upon thee still. We drink of thee, the fountainhead, and thirst from thee, our souls to fill. You see what he's saying? The more I taste of Christ, the more I long after him. The more I drink of the water of life that Christ gives to me, the more I thirst after more of the knowledge of this Christ. I thirst my soul from thee to fill deep, speaks to deep. This is the life of the Spirit. This is the this is the life that rises up from everything Jesus has been teaching us in these first three Beatitudes. Tozer has a remarkable phrase that I found so helpful. He, he says this, that we have been snared in the coils of a spurious logic that if we have found God, we need no longer seek Him. And I think we can adapt that today and put it this way, that we have been snared in the coils of a spurious logic that if we are righteous in Christ, we need no longer hunger and thirst after righteousness. And Jesus says, we do. He calls us to it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You see, that's what you find all over the Bible. The apostle Paul, he's saying, I want to be found in Christ. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, I want to have that righteousness that's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about his justification, his standing in God. But but why does he want that? He goes on to say, so that I may know him. Press on after him. No more of the power of his resurrection, even enter into the fellowship of his sufferings. That's the position I want to be in. John says something very similar when he, he lays out that marvellous truth about heaven. When we see him, we will be like him. But where does that truth take the Christian? Answer, everyone who has this hope of one day being pure like Jesus Christ in him or in her, that person will purify themselves even as Christ himself is pure. So here's what we're learning. The distinguishing mark of those who are righteous in Jesus Christ is that they long for righteousness. And so as we see what a real Christian is here in this fourth beatitude, I have to ask this question. Is this you? Is this you?
1: What a challenging question that is. Is this you? Do you hunger, and thirst for righteousness. Do you even know what that means? Well, that's what we're looking at in today's broadcast. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith, taking a look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Our series is called Momentum, and it's all about how to make progress in your Christian life. If you miss any broadcast in the series, come and listen online. Our website is openthebible.org. Back to the message, here's Pastor Colin.
0: Here's what we're learning. The distinguishing mark of those who are righteous in Jesus Christ is that they long for righteousness. They are not people who sit around saying, I made a decision 25 years ago. There is a momentum of hunger and of thirst that is moving them forward in an active pursuit of living faith in and obedience towards Jesus Christ. That's the hallmark of a true Christian. Folks, we said at the beginning of this series, one of our objectives is to discover afresh what a real Christian is. And so, as we see what a real Christian is here in this fourth beatitude, I have to ask this question, is this you? Is this you? Are you a person who feels your need of righteousness? Has God awakened within your heart a real desire to be holy? Is there a sense of discontent about your present spiritual position, a desire to move forward, a desire to advance, or has somehow all of that been lost? Is there a longing to be done with sin? If this is the desire of your heart, you can be very sure that you are indeed a Christian. It is an unfakeable hallmark. But if it is not true of you, I pray that God will use this theme from the Scripture to waken you up. Great paradox. Last heading. A glorious prospect. Look at what he says here. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? For they shall be satisfied. Choose the wrong thirsts and you will never, never be satisfied. Hell is a place of unending hungers and thirsts where the soul is always being destroyed because it can never be fulfilled. But Jesus says people who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they are blessed. Why? Because they will be satisfied. The beginnings of that are known now because Christ is given to us by the Spirit as we pursue him the fullness of it lies in the future in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you remember the book of Revelation gives us a glimpse of what it will be like when the whole family of God is in the presence of Jesus and before the throne. And John says this, they shall hunger no more and neither shall they thirst. Why? Because the lamb who's at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will lead them where? Into springs of living water." So God's people will be satisfied because Christ will give them the righteousness that they seek. And this is the great promise of the gospel. Christ has become for us wisdom from God. He is our righteousness, sanctification, and our redemption. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. And that is why Jeremiah says, thinking of the last day, he says that the family of God will give to their Lord this name. He will be the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. Christ is our righteousness, and here's what that means. If you are in Christ, and Christ is in you, then not only will you have a great hunger and thirst of righteousness, that's the life that inevitably flows out from the presence of the Spirit, but that desire for righteousness that is in you will be satisfied. The holiness that is begun in you in this life will be brought to completion beautifully in all its perfection in the presence of Jesus, and you, Christian friend, will sin no more would well, that be marvelous? Can you even imagine yourself without a trace of sin? And not only will sin have no place within you, it will have no place in anyone who is around you. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. It will be the home of righteousness. And all who hungered and thirsted for righteousness will be there. And I'm asking you again then today, is that you? is that you? Ask yourself, I plead with you, do I have this desire for righteousness? What do I know about this all-consuming passion? Is holiness really the great quest of my life? Or have I substituted it with something else? What have I put in its place? Ask yourself, is there anything of the spirit of David in me when he said that is so longed for God? Is there anything of the spirit of Paul in me when he said, I want to know Christ, and I really want to know the power of his resurrection and even the fellowship of his sufferings? And if the message today it makes you feel your own need, then thank God because it is the Holy Spirit that brings that awareness. He's creating the hunger and thirst, even now within you. And if that's what's happening, I say to you from Isaiah 55 that was read earlier, come, anyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Come to the one who is the bread of life. Come to the one who is the living water. If you have any hunger and thirst for righteousness at all, It is Christ who is provoking this and creating this within you. And He does not do this to mock you. He does this so that you will draw near and so that you will receive and so that you for all eternity will be satisfied. Once in a while, you come across a prayer that is profoundly useful in your own walk with God. And I want to end the message today by leading us in a prayer that I have found many times to be so useful in my own life. It's from A.W. Tozer and from his book, The Pursuit of God. It's a prayer simply that God will intensify our own longing, and I want to invite you even now to join me in prayer as we seek to respond to God's Word coming before Him today. Let us pray. O God, I have tasted your goodness, and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need of further grace, and I am ashamed of my own lack of desire. O God, triune God, I want to want you. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show me your glory, I pray that I may know you indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. Say to my soul, rise up, my love, and come away. And then give me the grace to rise and follow you up from this misty lowland where I have wandered for so long. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen, indeed. Appreciate uh, wrapping up today's broadcast in that way. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith, a message called Blessed Are Those Who Hunger and Thirst for Righteousness. It's part of our series, Momentum, all about how to make progress in the Christian life. And If you ever miss a program in the series, come and listen online. Our website is OpenTheBible.org. That's OpenTheBible.org. Well, Open the Bible is a listener-supported program, but we want to send you a copy of Pastor Colin's book, Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. It's based on the series that we're listening to on the radio right now. But Colin, who is this book actually written for?
0: Oh, well, this would be a book for everybody because who doesn't want to be happy? Um, Jesus speaks about how to be blessed, how to have a happy life, how to be contented and how to find joy. I mean, who doesn't want that? But, you know, particularly in the Beatitudes that Jesus gives to us, he speaks to us about how we can find peace and joy, especially when we're struggling with sins that really... Bog us down. Hmm. And you know, if you're struggling with something that you just feel you can't get over, well, the Beatitudes are for you because Jesus speaks here about how you can actually make progress in your Christian life. And you know, for anyone, and this should be true of every Christian, for anyone who wants to grow in holiness, to be more like the Lord Jesus, and to advance in the Christian life, The Beatitudes actually give us the way in which we can grow as Christian believers. That to me was the most exciting discovery about the Beatitudes when I studied them. And it's been a great blessing to me. It's a joy to share it in the radio program. And I'm so glad we have the opportunity of sharing it through the book.
1: Well, we would love to send you a copy of the book, Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes, as you give a financial gift of any amount this month. You can find out more or give online when you come to openthebible.org or call us at 1 877 673 6365. That's 1 877 Open 365. Or again, our website is openthebible.org. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. This program is a listener supported production of Open the Bible. Did you know that your own spiritual appetite, your hunger and your thirst for God himself can be cultivated? Find out how next time on Open the Bible.